0: Welcome back to the Grow podcast. My name is Brad. I'm your host. And this week, uh, we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite subject in the world. Anybody who works in industry or anything, we're going to be talking about safety today. I know you hear that and you're like, oh, good Lord, I don't want to sit through this again. I had to do this enough at work, but we're actually going to be talking about uh, some things that I have seen happen here in the past week here in South Carolina that really need to be addressed as far as safety is concerned when hunting, especially in this deer season now, and and people are having accidents left and right. We were originally going to talk about land and saying goodbye to a piece of land that you've been hunting for a long time, but this came up and just in the past week. Here in South Carolina, we've had two big incidents. We had a lady in Colleton County fall 20 feet out of a deer stand. She had to be airlifted and taken to Charleston for medical attention. I don't know the severity of her injuries or how she's doing. Haven't heard a follow-up story about it. And also, here at one of our local processing places, there was an incident where a man got his hand caught in a meat grinder and a big industrial one at that, not some little tabletop one. So I was going through and just thinking of the whole process of the year uh, from prep to uh, processing. All of the things that you know I've learned over the years, you could really get hurt doing. And uh, so I kind of made a list of these are things that I try to practice myself. I'm not 100% perfect in all this, just like anybody. But I've noticed that since I work in maintenance and in an industry that there's a lot of similarities between the two because you're using everything from mechanical equipment to ladders to very dangerous situations that you can be in so i wanted to go through and just kind of give you some pointers and things to kind of refresh your memory and we're going to dive right into this i'll be going to take a little short break we'll be back in just a second we're going to dive right into this starting with Picking your clothes out and pre-season, just things you can do right before deer season. All right, welcome back. Well, we're going to dive right into this this week. I'm going to try to make this as short as I possibly can because I know it's a very boring subject, but I'll probably... The most important one when it comes to anything that you do is doing it safely. And we're we'll try to make this quick for y'all. We're we'll gonna dive right in. First thing we're we'll gonna talk about is preseason prep. Uh, your clothes. Uh, just make this, you know, as simple as possible. Make sure you have the right clothes. Make sure that your clothes fit you properly. Make sure you have the right clothes for where you're gonna be hunting and the environment you're gonna be hunting. And environmental factors such as you know even weather, but even bugs and predators, snakes, things like that. Make sure you have the right equipment for that. Make sure it's in good shape. Make sure your boot laces are in good shape. Uh, make sure you're wearing the right type of boots if you're in an area where you have a lot of water, wet grass, early season. Make sure you're wearing a pair of waterproof boots. Make sure that you're wearing, if you're in an area where you have a lot of venomous snakes, that you're wearing snake boots. To me, I like snake boots anyway, even though we don't have a lot of venomous snakes here. They they really ride kind of high or come up to your mid-calf or higher. And they're usually waterproof and give you a lot of ankle support. They can be kind of loud and cumbersome if you don't get the right ones. But I like a snake boot just mainly for the waterproofing factor. And if you're in an area where you're hunting in snow or just wet weather, some people I know even wear leg gaiters these negate the having to wear uh gators. so kind of like snake boots anyway and make sure that they're in good shape you know the there's no tears holes in them make sure there's no your boot laces are in good shape i've actually had a boot lace break and was coming apart i was coming down the stand stepped on it almost came off a ladder you step on a lace and trip it's, it's just stupid things like this that can get you hurt so just check your equipment check your clothes make sure they're all in the right in good shape Whenever you're getting ready to prep for your season, you know make sure you're gonna be you know making uh, making food plots, bush hogging, uh, checking your stands. You're gonna be and you're going in this process and stuff. You're gonna be using ATVs, tractors, plows, all kinds of different equipment. If you're gonna be on a tractor, there's two big things. One is PTO safety, and two is not using any riders or having any riders on your tractor. One with the PTO shafts. If you're gonna to have to get off a piece of equipment, check something like a on a bush hog or an auger, anything that's PTO driven, make sure you disengage your PTO before you get off the tractor. Do not get back there working on a piece of equipment while that PTO is engaged and running. Our tractor in particular, the PTO is actually runs off the drivetrain and not hydraulic, but a hydraulic one, if you leave those hydraulics engaged, that PTO is turning. I worked in EMS for several years and I seen on different occasions, someone working on a tractor and getting caught, getting a piece of loose clothing caught in a PTO shaft. One person died. The other person uh, almost lost his arm. I, I know he lost a couple fingers. Got his, uh, in the uh, universal joint on the PTO shaft. It was engaged and turning. He was working something on the three point hitch, wouldn't pay attention to what he was doing and, his shirt got caught. Sorry, a piece of clothing got caught in his in the PTO shaft and wrapped his arm up in it before someone was there, luckily, to turn the tractor off. So make sure that you're doing things safely and you're operating your tractor on, you know, safe ground, safe inclines. Don't turn the tractor over on you. Be aware of stumps if you're especially if you're bush hogging in, you know, high grass, high bushes and things. Be aware of stumps. Uh, flying debris, you know, wear your safety equipment. Definitely, when you're bush hogging, make sure if you have terraces or inclines that you're aware of what those are. That way you don't roll the tractor over and approach them at a safe angle. Two is riding people on your tractor, having your kids on a tractor with you while you're plowing, running a bush hog. Don't do it. I couldn't imagine how I would feel if my son fell off of the tractor while i was pulling a plow and he went under that plow or went up into the bush hog it's not something that i would recommend you know and if you have a tractor and you're using it has an enclosed cab it's a different story you know you really don't have to worry about falling out of an enclosed cab but most tractors that we'll be using on farm on small farms and doing food plots and stuff are usually smaller equipment that don't have an open cab don't put your kid up on the fender and let them ride there i did it as a kid i know but i mean now being a parent i couldn't let my child do that there's a lot of incidents that happen and end very badly so no riders you know if you have your kids with you them sit in the back of the truck and play or whatever but especially if you're pulling a bush hog don't have your children around it because there's a lot of flying debris we had uh I know my dad was injured, injured his arm. A piece of debris came out from under a bush hog, hit him in the arm. And we also had another, one of my neighbors almost lost an eye to a piece of uh, debris flying out from underneath the bush hog. So make sure you're wearing your safety equipment and don't have anyone around it while you're operating it or having anyone ride on the equipment. And another thing is ATVs. Same thing, wear your helmet, wear your equipment. Uh, I, I've hit a stump and had a the four-wheeler throw me completely off. Be aware, operate things safely. Another part of a preseason prep is checking your deer stands that you leave up. Whenever you go up to these stands, the first thing I do when I go to a stand, check it, check my ladder, make sure and make sure it's attached to a tree still before I even go up. I take down my safety lines every year, and that's because if you leave them out, they're going to get damaged by the sun, weather, animals. Uh, falling tree tree limbs they're going to get damaged so i always take mine down so i check my ladders first another thing that i do before as i'm going up to actually check the the floor my stands and stuff out i'm wearing my safety harness and if i have to and i'm going up and i haven't put my safety line up yet i attach my harness to the ladder the sides of the ladder i don't attach them to the step but when you're going up you really don't have a, if you don't have a safety line running up then you really don't have much of an option at that point still wear your harness even if you do fall there's a chance that it's going to catch you but when you're going up well, one first thing i do is i take a can of wasp spray with me and i go up the ladder i check a lot of wasp sprays can shoot up to 20 something feet so you can actually stand on the ground if you see a wasp nest i want to stand and hit it from the ground but if you have a box blind or something like that go up and make sure there's no wasp or anything or you know, make sure a rac- family of raccoons hasn't taken up inside your box stand. And I've seen that. And you go up there and you're face-to-face with Mama Raccoon. Whenever you look over into your stand, it's not a fun feeling. She's not going to be happy to see you. You definitely don't want to go up to a, to a box stand and climb in, and there would be a big old nest of red wasps up in there. So make sure that you check in your stands. Make sure that you're checking your ladders well, the floor of your stands. Make sure that all that stuff gets replaced check your attachment to the tree, uh, replace any straps or chains or anything like ropes that are damaged that you use to hold your stand up against the tree. Do all this well before the season starts. If I use anything like nylon webbing or ratchet straps or anything along those lines, I always take them down with me or take the stand down and lay it down until the next season because, those, like I said, the same thing with the safety lines. They get sun-damaged, dry-rotted, So they kind of need to be replaced anyway. So I always just kind of take them off. And if I have to lay the stand down on the ground and chain it and lock it to a tree, that's what I do. And then next season I go back, put it back up. And also always have a haul line. I don't leave my haul lines. What I I call haul line is what you use to haul your equipment up to the stand. Like your gun, your bow, that kind of stuff. I carry uh, one with me. I don't, I always use the same one everywhere I go. I don't. Leave them in a stand for the same reason as the safety lines. And when you're going to, in the next part of it, is when you're actually, this season's getting ready to start and you're ready to go to your stand. Uh, make sure you have good flashlights, good lighting. Wear your safety orange. You don't want to mess up and accidentally get shot. And make sure you bring your safety harness. All those things are, you know, got to have. All right, now, marking your trail. If you're going to be going in to your stand in the dark, Around here, we have a lot of gopher holes. We have armadillos digging holes now, stuff we didn't have before that I gotta think about. Wild hogs, wild dogs, you know, make sure you have a good flashlight, but marking your stand, like trails going in stand. If you're hunting public land, and a lot of you have kind of frowned upon that because you don't want people to find your stand in the woods, steal it, or use it while you're, when you want to be there. I know with today's technology, most of us now have access to a smartphone that has GPS. You can download Hunt Stand or Onyx and mark your trail going in, and mark your where your stand's location is. And you can send GPS coordinates to other people, letting them know where you're at, where you're hunting. Just in case you were to fall out of your stand or was to get hurt going in and out, they kind of know where you're at. And make sure that whenever you're, you get to your stand, make sure that you use your safety harness and your lifeline. I know in the industry, when you're going up a stand or going up a ladder and you get to a point where you have to swap positions or if you have to change positions, you're never supposed to be untethered. You know, so most of us have two tethers. You take one off or one tether with two hooks. Either way, you hook to the next position, then you unhook from the other one. You're never supposed to be untethered. I know in hunting, that can be cumbersome and you don't want to take all that stuff that makes a lot of noise. So just take a lot of care whenever you're switching from your, say your lifeline over to your, to your main attachment point. If you're using a, a webbing style attachment point, make sure that the webbing's in good shape. If you're using an anchor bolt, run through a tree, uh, then make sure it is in good shape and the tree hasn't rotted around your bolt. And then your safety line, whenever you're up in a stand or your, even your haul rope it's used, this is just a tip. Now, I've learned if you've been carrying this thing around in your pocket, it's going to smell, and it's just a long, basically, scent wick hanging down. Haul that up, tie it off, put it in a Ziploc bag, or tuck it in your stand. That's just a little tip. It has nothing to do with safety, but just something that I've learned listening to other people and, and just past experience. I've had deer walk up to my haul line right through back down, walk up and smell it and get kind of freaked out and walk in disappear on me oh and another thing to check whenever you're getting your stands ready sorry we'll go back to this whenever you're getting your stands ready then you're checking them don't just check the tree and the stand that you're in check the trees around you and make sure that there's no dead trees or dead falls that are leaning up against the trees nearby that when the wind starts to blow and you might be in your stand that they could come down and hit you or your stand while you're in it, so if you see any of that kind of stuff, use a pole saw, trim it out, or pull it down with a tractor, or ATV, whatever you have to do to get rid of that before the season starts. But now, if you're in your stand, number one thing I can tell you is to stay awake. Uh, whether you have to play, if you're hunt, doing an all-day hunt and it's starting to get mid-morning, you're starting to get warm, start to get a little tired. Make sure you stay awake. If you have to play with your phone, bring food and water. You know, stay energized and hydrated. It'll kind of help keep you warm. But stay awake in the stand because compartment syndrome, if you fall out of your stand, is something you have to worry about. Compartment syndrome is when your body is constricted or stuck in a specific uh, position that prohibits blood flow. So when you fall out of a stand, most stands have uh, leg straps that come up between your legs and attach back up near your waist or above. Uh, now you have some that are called seated your pants. In other words, when you fall, you're kind of stuck. You kind of set a fall and your legs are dangling. You're in a, kind of a seated position. Those are a little better than the ones where you just kind of hang and your legs are dangling because what will happen, they are the veins that come back to your heart. And your legs and your extremities have valves in them. If you're constricting those veins and your legs are those, I'm trying to phrase this the right way, The valves in the veins in your legs are assisted; They're one-way valves, so as blood pumps up, it can't flow back down. And those valves are opened up and closed as you move your legs, as you tense your muscles and move around. It assists the blood flow coming back up. Whenever you tense your muscles up, it constricts and it pushes the blood up. So if you're dangling there and you're not moving your legs and you can't tense your muscles up, blood can't, it, and then you have the straps going around your legs, you're restricting blood flow back. So your heart's still pumping blood down into your legs, but it's not pumping, your blood can't return back to your heart. So over time, you start to have less blood to pump to your brain and your lungs and your other organs, and you can start to pass out, you know, blood pressure, and a lot of your heart rate will start to increase. A lot of things will start to go on, and you'll eventually pass out, and if it's long enough, you'll die because of you lack of blood flow. Some uh most of your modern harnesses, like I say either have the seat of the pants design where you can't where you're kind of sitting and you pick yourself up and down. Uh the one that I have has a little pouch over each above each leg Then when you unzip it, a loop comes out. And you take that loop, all it does is you drop it down, you stick your foot in it, and you cinch it up. And that way you can kind of stand up in your vest and tense your leg muscles up and move up and down, and that helps promote that blood flow to come back up and open those valves up to let the blood come back to your heart. Now, It's a very dangerous thing. It's something that I actually learned in industrial safety classes. Like when you fall out of a a lift or something and you're dangling, you only have a few minutes for someone to help get you down because of this compartmental syndrome that people will pass out. So that's the number one thing. Just stay awake. Because uh, you don't want to fall out of your stand, even though you have a harness, you know and you're not really worried about it. You that is one of the most dangerous parts of it. And if you do fall out and you're kind of dangling there and you're close to your tree, you can put your foot against the tree and kind of kick off the tree and rock back and forth or off your ladder, whatever you have. Just kind of keep your legs moving as best possible. If you can, even if you can just get one leg over another and push off of your other foot back and forth. Anything you can do to tense and uh, get the muscles to uh, contract and relax will help with that blood flow and help get give you time for somebody to come and get, to help you get down or if you can get back to your ladder. Make sure you have your cell phone. Make sure it's fully charged in that case and in a place where you can either get to it or you have a voice-activated assistant like your Google Assistant or Siri or somewhere like that that can help you. You can make a voice-activated call, even just a 911. If you fall, you can't. You can just say, "Hey, whichever one, call 911." That way, they can they can do it without you even having to be able to get to your phone. Don't have it in your pack or some have it on you. I preferably really, even have my safety harness on. It's got a pocket on the inside. I keep my phone right there. All right, now you're in the stand. And you're there. You see a deer, and you're getting ready to shoot. Follow your safety rules when it comes to firearm safety. Identify your target. What's beyond your target? Make sure what you're shooting is what you intend to shoot, not a horse, not a cow. Well, in my case, a couple years ago, or a couple decades ago, a goat. <laughs> that's, a, that's a story for next week. But make sure that you follow those rules. If you shoot a deer and it's a buck or it's your, some young hunters, and you know, you see it a lot, get real shaky and you know, get buck fever, you're, you're just wound tight. Don't just jump up and get ready to get them down out of the stand. I know the same way I'm excited. I'm ready to rock and roll, ready to go see this thing, especially if it's a big buck. I'm ready to go. But reload your weapon because there may be another, that deer may fall down and try to get back up and run off, and you'll have your weapon ready to put a second shot in. Or another, if you sit there for a few minutes while you're waiting to calm down, I've seen another deer walk out. If you get another tag, there you go. Now, whenever you sit there and you're finally getting your, you're ready to come down out of the stand. Remember, unload your weapon, lower your weapon down. Don't ever, I didn't mention this earlier about going up in the stand, but always use a a line to haul your weapon up. Don't try to crawl into it because as the worst, the most dangerous part of getting into a stand is the transition from the ladder to the platform or going up into your blind. If you design it right where you can step over onto the platform or, step off down into your stand is the best way to do it uh the kind where you kind of go up the ladder ladder stops and you got to crawl over into a box blind that's dangerous but don't have your weapon on your back because i've been in a situation where i crawled over into the stand and we had kind of a military style mesh netting tried to crawl over in the stand and the gun barrel got tangled up in this netting and it was a disaster it it was uh i was getting tired This was before people really started using safety harnesses. I was young, trying to fight with this netting to get my gun unraveled, get me out. My legs started to cramp. I started to get really tired, and it really got kind of sketchy. So always go up into your stand first and haul your equipment up on a rope with your weapon unloaded. Same thing going down, up. Unload your weapon before you go up or come down. The rope breaks not comes loose gun falls hits the ground you don't want to come or go off and be in the line of fire so lower your weapon down use your safety line going down you know use your lifeline follow the same stuff as you did when you were coming up to stand because at this point you're going to be shaky your legs may be a little weak just use that stuff so i'm going to take a quick break whenever i come back we're going to go over you know from this point forward when you shoot your deer and you get down out of stand what do i do next So I'll be back in just a few seconds, hold tight. All right, I'm back. So, as I said before, I always have good flashlights. After you make a, a shot on deer, especially in the afternoon, you're gonna need a good flashlight. I'm a connoisseur of flashlights. I have multiple ones around. So, and my favorite ones are headlamps. My hands are free. I don't have to worry about holding the flashlight and looking around. I always wear a headlamp, but I always do carry a backup flashlight. And sometimes even me, I carry a backup backup flashlight. you find it, you're looking for your deer, watch where you're going in the dark. You don't want to step off into a hole. You don't want to you know, fall trip, none of that stuff stupid little injuries like that can ruin a hunt, especially if you're on like a week-long hunt. You trip, you break your ankle, roll your ankle. It sucks. It's going to ruin your week, make you very uncomfortable. You get down, you find your deer, and you see it. You, you see the deer. Stop. Get within 10 yards or so and stop and watch this deer. Make sure you don't see any movement. Look for chest rise and falls if it's still breathing. If it's cold enough, you can see the steam coming out whenever the deer is breathing. Just watch or Just sit back and just watch. Don't just run up to this animal. Just give it a minute and then approach it slowly. Try to approach it from the backside, from around its rump area, uh, with its head facing away from you. Go up to this deer and, again, stop. Wait, see if you see any slight movements. Do the poke test with a stick or your gun. Make sure that it doesn't move whenever you poke the deer. You see this a lot. I was always taught, to load my rifle and use the gun to do this i'm kind of starting to shy away from that because now that i carry a handgun while i'm hunting i can use use a stick or something with my non my non shooting hand and have my pistol ready i don't because if a deer was to jump up while you're holding your gun and you know knocks the gun off in a safe direction and the gun goes off it's not as easy to control as it is a handgun. Handgun, you kind of hold to your side and do the poke test. But, And then you can approach the deer once you know absolutely this deer is dead. My grandpa always taught me to poke it in the eye with the barrel of the gun. Again, I'm kind of shying away from that just because if that deer was to all of a sudden move and hit the gun, it goes off. But make sure the deer is dead before you even approach it. Now, you're getting ready to field dress this deer. Have a sharp knife. Here where I hunt at, I don't have to worry about you know, packing all my stuff in. If I need something, if I'm getting ready to, if I go and I make sure this deer's dead, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going back to the house or to the truck or to the ATV and driving to it. Do this. So I just have all this stuff available. I don't necessarily carry it on me, but I always carry you know, a pair of uh, gloves, surgical gloves or grilling gloves, something along those lines. I always carry those with me or have them available. Deer have a lot of parasites not necessarily like in their body but on their body you know ticks chiggers mite, just different bugs so whenever you're handling these deer i meant to mention this part when i was talking about your clothing one thing i always do pre-season is i treat my hunting clothes and i treat them with permethrin you can buy it at tractor supply or a farm supply store some pet supply stores but it comes in a concentrate and you mix this up you soak your clothes in it and then you hang them up and let them air dry and this stuff lasts for several washes. If any kind of fleas or ticks or chiggers or any kind of mites get on it, they'll die. Because the reason I'm bringing this up now is whenever you're around a deer and you shoot this deer and it's been laying there, any uh, animal that feeds on blood, whether it's fleas or ticks or chiggers, whatever, they after a few minutes they realize that deer is dead, they're going to leave. And they're going to be on the ground all around where this deer's at. So what I like to do before I start field dressing is I go up to the deer and I drag it a couple yards away, several yards away from that area. Because all those animals, that all those bugs that have crawled off of this thing are right there in that area. You don't want to be just laying, sitting down, kneeled down in the middle of all these things. Move the deer. Do your field dressing. Wear you know some decent gloves. It just makes cleanup easy. Peel them off inside out. There's videos online of how you do that. We was taught to this in EMT school, how to remove your gloves without contaminating yourself but take the gloves off, put them in a Ziploc and dispose of them later. Uh, You know, you're gonna be handling entrails and stuff, just a bunch of nasty stuff that stinks. You don't want it on, you just wear some dang gloves. When you're carrying, and then you got all this done, you're ready to move the deer. Like I said, here, I can drive the ATV pretty much to wherever I kill a deer. I'm on private property, I don't have to worry about it. But if you do have to drag the deer out, make sure you can handle it. Make sure it don't do more than what you can handle. If you need to call, get help, get on your cell phone, get somebody to help you. If you're not in the best physical shape, because like Lord knows I'm not an a, I'm not a strength, a strength training athlete, I'm not a endurance runner by no stretch of imagination. Make sure that you don't overstress yourself. You can, you know, hurt yourself, you know, pull muscles, things like that, all the way up to causing yourself to have a heart attack. you're already in a heightened state because you're excited and you're working hard, you're down here, you're field dressing this deer and now you're going to even drag this thing out don't over exert yourself take your time get it to a point to where you can get it with a piece of equipment whether it's an atv or a tractor or somebody help you get it in a truck make sure you have a way to get in the truck if you're if it's you know most of people now we have lifted trucks it's heck getting a deer up into the back of a truck I don't care how big the deer is, especially a doe. A doe will wear you out trying to get it into the back of a truck unless you have a piece of wood or something to lay it on and slide it and use as a, a lever to slide it up into the truck. What I've actually done in the past is take a, I have two two by sixes that are nailed together, kind of make like a plank, and I'll roll the deer over and take my ratchet straps, strap the deer to that plank, pick up one side of it, set up on the tailgate, Go back to the back where the other end of the deer is. Pick that side up and just basically slide it in. It cuts the weight almost in half of what you're trying to move. Just don't over, just don't over exert yourself. Know what you can handle and never be afraid to ask for help. You know, somebody coming to help you drag this deer out. A lot of people are going to be excited to do that because they get to share in the experience of your hunt and see the excitement. They're going to be fun, having fun with it just as much as you are. This is the next thing. This is where a lot of, we should kind of start getting more from safety wise as far as in the field to more of a kitchen industrial style of safety concerns. Because you're gonna be using electronic equipment, water and is when you're processing your deer. Good gloves, cut uh, cut resistant gloves covered in late or covered by a food safe latex or some type of safety glove, rubber glove that's cut resistant. You're gonna be using sharp knives. You don't want to cut yourself. You can get get infections, parasites, things like that from wild animals. Use a good pair of gloves when you're doing your processing. Make sure you practice good sanitation techniques. You don't want to cross contaminate your meat with gut or anything like that, bile, anything. You don't want to cross contaminate your meat, urine feces, you don't want it touching your meat. Take care to make sure that you get as little as that as possible. That starts in your field dressing. A lot of people, I have a butt out tool. I'll use it, do the butt-out process, tie off the rectum, and seals that. If you have a gut-shot deer, there's not a whole lot you can do, except for clean it really well. You can use just use some dish detergent and you know clean the inside of that cavity out, spray it out with water real good. It's not gonna affect your meat too much. Before you if you have if you're hunting with copper, you know, copper and lead bullets, which is ninety-nine percent of them. Check, make sure you get all your bullet fragments out. You don't want to put that in your food. You bite down on it, it sucks. can hurt, break teeth, and really hurt the inside of your mouth. Lead exposure over years, they say that it causes a lot of issues. So make sure you get as much of the bullet fragments out as you can. Uh, If you're bow hunting, check your broadheads, make sure that none of the blades are broken or damaged. Uh, If you're using mechanicals, make sure that a piece of your blade didn't come off. Thing is, is that's not as, you'll usually catch that in your processing, but when you're actually cutting the deer up, you can cut your hand real bad. I've seen somebody had shot a deer a deer with a rifle. And apparently this deer was shot before with a mechanical broadhead and the broadhead came apart. And while he was skinning this deer and he was sliding his hand up into the skin to kind of lift it up to get a good cut, that broadhead sliced his hand from between his uh, middle finger and ring, uh, index finger, all the way down across his palm, almost to his wrist. I and mean, it was laid it open. It was still sharp, but it was a, right up underneath the skin of this deer. So, be careful when you watch for things like that. Check your broadheads. Make sure that you know they're all intact, and you don't have to worry about any of that stuff being in a deer. But in that case, it wasn't. He didn't even shoot this deer with a bow. He shot it with a rifle, and it was still a broadhead inside of it. So just be aware of those types of things when you're processing. When you're cutting, like I said, use uh, cut-resistant gloves covered with, laser, with a you know, a barrier to kind of keep blood and stuff off your uh, cut-resistant gloves. Now, when you get to grinding, this is probably the most dangerous part besides using a bandsaw or some kind of bone saw. When you're grinding meat, keep your damn hands out of the neck of that grinder. Do not put your hands in the feeder neck of the grinder. And we'll say it again. Do not put any part of your hand inside of that damn grinder. Even your smaller tabletop grinders. I have a pretty mean one. I have a number 32 limb. Big bite. And if that thing was to get my hand, it would, I would at least lose fingers. The man that lost his hand here was using a huge industrial grinder I mean big motor basically it was a auger attached directly to the big motor that sat on the table this and this thing had no uh foot pedal to control the speed and turn it off if something was not happen it didn't have an e-stop within reach where you could hit the button and turn it off you literally had to walk around the grinder and either I don't know he said there was a button you could or switch on the back side of the grinder or you had to unplug it from the wall have some kind of safety i use a foot pedal i just don't turn my grinder on let it go for that reason if i was if something was to happen and something was to get caught in there a piece of bone started to bogg down i just take my foot off the pedal and it stops and i can reach down and unplug it and do whatever i need to do if for whatever reason i was stupid and i stuck my finger in there and did i could take my foot off of it and hopefully not get my whole hand this guy lost his hand his whole hand his left hand up to the wrist in the grinder they had to take the grinder apart. He had to go to the hospital with the neck of the grinder and auger all attached. And they had to cut his hand off. That is probably the most dangerous part of processing, like I said, maybe besides using a bandsaw or uh, some kind of electric saw. And if you're using one of them, keep your fingers away from the blade. And don't push a piece of meat like hard. Don't you Don't push hard on a piece of meat because if it was a slip and you fall or fall forward, There you go. You can cut yourself, fall into the blade. Do not get your hands in a place where they can be caught in this equipment or your clothes. Don't wear loose clothing. If you have long hair, pull your hair back, tuck it down your shirt, put it in a bun or ponytail, tuck it up in your hat, whatever. Don't have your hair hanging around these things. It's common sense as in with anything, even with this, even with the guy who got his hand caught, he's been processing deer for a long, long time and he made one mistake just trying to be in a rush. And didn't use a plunger to push the meat down into the neck and used his and used his hand instead of a piece of wood, a or a plastic plunger. He used his hand and paid dearly for it. And it's a life-altering injury. You lose a hand, that's something you're gonna struggle with your entire life. And you're it's gonna be a reminder, it's gonna affect your livelihood, your family, your it's gonna affect you mentally and emotionally. Don't make that kind of mistake. And if the guy's listening, I'm not calling him out. is happened. It's one of the most common injuries that happen in butcher shops and uh, beer processing stuff this time of year. This, it's, the cases go up significantly this time of year where this happens. So if, if you were listening, I'm not calling you out. I'm not anything like that. But just please serve as a reminder for other people to not make that mistake. Uh, packaging and freezing uh this is more of a safety food has food safety make sure that you're packaging your deer correctly uh, avoid freezer burn or cross-contamination you know, wrap your deer up in either airtight. wrap it with uh, cellophane and butcher paper or vacuum pack your stuff keep it in the freezer you know don't leave it out too long you don't want to make anybody sick uh, if you're going to be doing any kind of canning be you know prep your canning stuff or you know, cause you can deal with botulism, things along those lines. If you're gonna be making your know, smoked meats, your snack sticks, your stuff, make sure that you use your correct amount of salts and things like that to prevent foodborne contaminants whenever you're packaging this stuff and you know some of it's shelf safe, make sure you keep it that way. Follow the directions and recipes the way they're supposed to be done. Make sure you cook things to the temperatures that they are supposed to be cooked to and just follow all those good food safety rules. Hey, guys, uh, like I said, I wanted to keep this one under an hour, and I think we've kind of done that for the most part. Uh, I know it's kind of a boring topic. Nobody wants to be lectured on safety and things like that. However, it is very important to remember these things. I've been working in industrial safety and EMS, working on the farm. I've seen horrible, horrible things happen to people who were good people and just had a moment where they thought they were doing something and just would not paying attention to what was going on around them just a, they've been doing it for so long that just kind of went in robot mode to do it and that is when incidents happen and people get severely injured or killed so please 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 take care out there teach these things to your family members and the people you're going to be hunting with you see somebody doing something unsafe oh one more thing When you're taking your pictures after your deer kill and you're there and you got your deer and you got your weapon and all this stuff, make sure that your weapon is unloaded and pointed in a safe direction. I have seen numerous pictures on Facebook and social media of people with their guns and you can look at the gun and see that the action is closed. I've seen some where the safety is off and the gun is pointing directly at them or somebody else in the picture. Damn, don't do that. It makes you look stupid on social media and can really, really be a bad thing, but keep that in mind when you're getting ready to take your gripping grins. You guys, follow these rules. Have a good, safe hunting season. If you have any questions, you can send me an email at huntfishgrowpodcast at gmail.com. If you also want to check out some of our social media you can check out bottom dollar outdoors on youtube you can check out bottom dollar outdoors on instagram and you also go to the, the handle on instagram is Hunt fish grow podcast also if you got time and you really like the show please go to apple and apple podcast and leave us a review it really helps out with everything but i hope everyone of you have a good safe hunting season have a successful hunting season and get out there and enjoy the outdoors with your families and friends. And want we'll to leave you with that. So God bless each and every one of y'all. And God bless the United States of America. Have a great week.